we believe this Easter Sunday that every negative label that the enemy has tried to bring against your life is broken in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that? That every negative lie that he's tried to put inside of your life, maybe it's something that you have told yourself or somebody else has told you, they've labeled you, and you think, you know, I'm just going to always be this way. You know, whether it is um, a limiting thought that has haunted you, it could be addict, worrier, lonely, depressed, rejected, and abandoned, what negative label follows you that you can't seem to break? The lady that we are going to discover today was labeled much like many people throughout history. And if you, if you know them, say them out loud with me. There was Attila the Hun. There was Alexander the... And there was Conan the... Right? And this one, I know you're going to know. There was SpongeBob. Yes. You know those labels. Labels have a way of sticking with us, don't they? Sticking to us. Labels are sticky. And if you look at Joshua chapter 2 in the Old Testament, it says in verse 1, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies, and he told them this, Go over to check out the land. And he says, especially Jericho. So they went and they entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. Now, you may say, well, what can a prostitute teach us about Easter? And before you head for the exits and you cover your kids' ears and run out of here, I want you to think about this question for a moment. What is interesting, this prostitute in the Bible named Rahab is mentioned eight times, and six out of the eight times, she was called Rahab the prostitute. Red like Rahab. We are going to find out that Rahab had a lot to do with the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will see in this story God redeeming a broken, labeled woman. And I pray that whatever label has been put upon your life will be broken in the name of Jesus. But how are we going to discover this power, his power? I mean, it's been said that nature forms us Sin deforms us, education informs us, but only Jesus can transform us. If you believe that, say yes. That every label, we pray, will be broken from your life. Because we believe this, that Easter changes everything through Jesus Christ our Lord. Rahab, this harlot, was living like hell. She was in a desperate situation. She was absolutely destined for destruction. And the army of God, led by General Joshua, was to take out her city, Jericho. But God does something that is so ridiculously redemptive. Even though she was in this desperate situation, even though she had been sentenced, God did something in his providence that demanded a decision from her. God I hope you know this. God does something simultaneously where he synchronizes people and events and he puts them together in your life and mine. It's not chance. It's the providence of God. And General Joshua thought it'd be a brilliant idea to send some spies. If you would, think Navy SEALs with me at this point. To do a reconnaissance mission on the city of Jericho before they took it out. So he sent these spies to check out the land. And well, the first place they stopped was Rahab's house, and it tells us in Joshua because her house was built in the city wall. 
And it's not just by coincidence that these men of faith stopped by this house. These two spies came to her house and began to have a faith conversation about God. With this hooker, I mean, this escort, you mean she's interested, she's hungry for God? See, we have to realize that God loves the most spectacular sinner amongst us right now. And the providence of God kept pursuing Rahab. And I just want you to know that you are here because of the providence of God today. You and I are here. You're saying, no, 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 I just showed up. No, you and I are here because God wanted us here. I hope you understand that. Say, you may say, hey, you don't realize this, but somebody drugged me here this weekend. Or you may say, no, my family drugged me here to be here this weekend. No, you and I are here because God willed it to happen. And he wants a beautiful collision to take place. He's prepared you whether you are a sinner or a saint. At the same time, he's brought us together for a supernatural meeting. And it's the providence of God that confronts Every single one of us. He's been preparing hearts and lives of people to come together to Abundant Life Church this weekend during all four of our Easter services. And he's been working behind the scenes covertly in the lives of prostitutes and the privileged and the poor and the professional to bring us to this point today. Those of us that have been redeemed should paint the town red. We believe that. Paint the town red, as we've talked about it, we've talked to our church the last couple of months about this, is to go out and live your life boldly before Jesus. And I believe that after today's message, there are going to be more people that are going to go live their life boldly before Jesus Christ. To live in such abundance and extravagance, because why? Because you and I should be evidence that Jesus is alive, if you believe that, amen, right? That this is a church here that has a heart for those that are far from God. See, we, we've been, the, the last month, we've been, the, our children of our church have painted rocks. They've placed them throughout the community so that other children can find them to know the hope of Jesus. The hashtag that you've seen and the 100 lunches that have been passed out in our area to children that are hungry from our women of our church here who have passed out roses to other women in our community. Likewise, he's been arranging in our lives the good news of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it is not to say, oh, look at Abundant Life Church. It is to say, look at Jesus Christ and what he can do inside of your life. That that is the hope that we have today. It's a beautiful collision in the providence of God. It's amazing how God works, and that is how he works in our world. Then you and I have a choice whether we will accept Jesus or whether we will reject him. That's our choice. And these two spies have this conversation, and Rahab has this dynamic transformation in her life. See, here she is, this prostitute, and you, as you read about her, you see that she eventually marries a prince of Israel, and then on top of that, she finds herself in the lineage of Jesus Christ. A whore? Are you kidding me? When you, you think about red like Rahab, she moved from the whorehouse to God's house. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Amen? That's great news. The plot begins to clot in her life. What caused her to know that God was such a great God in heaven? Well, Joshua chapter 2 and verse 11, Rahab says this. This is what she said. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and not only there, but he is God on earth below. 
Not only is he God there, he is God here. She said this. How does she know this? Well, you've got to understand she knew that through observing the miracles of God and what he had done in the hearts and lives of the Israelites that she heard, she heard about the good news. Yes, her sentence was death, but God's providence was providing a way out for her. That she heard about how the Red Sea was parted and God's people went through safely to the other side. And how manna fell from heaven miraculously. And, and then about how God took out two enemy kings. She heard about this. There's something miraculous about life change in someone's life that brings us under conviction through observation. The evidence was persuading her and was drawing her. She saw God act powerfully, and somehow the king of Jericho found out that these Navy SEALs were in Rahab's house, and he was ticked off, and he wanted to kill them. But you see, in the, in the life of Rahab, you see as these two spies came, she said, listen, I'm going to put a red rope. I'm going to put a red rope out of my house that is built into this wall, and you're not going to be able to miss it. You're going to see it. You're going to see it so that even when you come back to nuke the city of Jericho, when you come back to level this city, you are going to see this red rope hanging out of my window. And they told her, listen, if you put this red rope out of your window, when we come to destroy this city, not only will you be saved, but we will save your family as well. They, she put the red rope out of her window. She did Exactly that. That is what she did. And so when they came back, we understand in the story that the rope literally saved the men, the spies, but it also saved Rahab and her entire family. That we see this. Why red? I mean, of all colors, you think as you think of Easter, there's so many different colors. You know, people are wearing a wide array of colors, and you guys look amazing on this Easter Sunday. But why red? Sometimes we think, well, we get to Easter, we think of pastels, but the real color of Easter is red. Paint the town red. Red is mentioned in the Bible more than any other color. And we see this. Red represents many times we think, well, it's my immoral behavior. It's our sin that has caused this. But it also represents the blood that Jesus spilled out for our sins. See, red is the color of Easter. The word blood is used 415 times from the Old to the New Testament. See, you got to understand in the Old Testament, this is a picture of the blood. These Jews, these two spies, they were fresh off the experience of the Passover. And God said, listen, if you apply the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your house, he says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So this red rope was to Rahab what the scarlet blood was to the spies. The story of Rahab is a trailer, really, isn't it? It really is. If you look at it, it really is a trailer. And if you go to a movie theater, everybody in here has been to the movie theater, and you go, and before you even get to the main show, you watch the highlights. And what do the highlights do? Well, it, it whets our appetite for something more. It says, you know what? Something is coming, and it's not here yet, but it is yet to come. And so it intrigues us. It says, hey, the future presentation is yet to come. 
which is what we're obviously celebrating this weekend of Easter, this red rope is a preview of the coming attraction, a trailer of the blood that Jesus would shed eventually. What is Passover? If you look at this, it's like the ultimate holiday for the remembrance of the Jewish faith. God said this, it is atonement time. You know, it is interesting that we have this atonement awareness in our minds all the time. You know, for instance, like when a passenger on an airline flight gets taken advantage of, we say, somebody has got to pay. Somebody has got to pay for what took place. We've got this atonement mentality, this awareness all the time in the world that we live in. We have it going on in us all the time, in our world, in law enforcement, all across the world. It doesn't matter who you are. But in the hearts and minds of humanity, there is this somebody has got to pay mentality. When Assad gassed thousands of innocent people, we say somebody has got to pay. When Syrian Christians, innocent Christian lives were killed and murdered, we say somebody has got to pay for what took place. Moms and dads, you understand this. When you make rules in your home and your kids break them, you say somebody has got to pay. We see why we have this justice chip that is going on inside of us. It's going on all the time. Somebody has got to pay attitude. And God says, hey, this is what we're going to have to do. He says we need to take an unblemished animal, kill it, and apply its blood to the doorposts of our house. When judgment comes, you need to apply the blood to the doorpost and the death angel will pass over you. It will pass over your family. It will pass over your house. And we realize from reading scripture that some people obeyed this and some people did not. This red rope that, scar that, that Rahab threw out of her window is analogous to the red blood of the lamb that was killed in the Passover. We can't get away from the red rope. We, we can't get away from it. Why? Because it goes all the way back to the Old Testament, all the way through to the New Testament. It, it, it hangs around the cross, and it is wrapped around the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the red rope of redemption. Somebody has got to pay. Somebody's got to pay. For the sins of humanity, somebody's got to pay. Then you move to the book of Exodus, and you can trace the red rope all the way through the book of Exodus, and the Israelites were in slavery, but the Egyptians were in, were in sin. God's people were in sin, and you see this. God's people were sinning, and what happens many times in our own lives, we trip and we skip over the red rope of redemption all the time, even in our own lives. We trip and we skip over what God has provided for us. And you see God said, it is atonement time. Somebody has got to pay. You can trace the red rope of redemption all the way back to Adam and Eve. You know, our first parents in the Garden of Eden, that you see these things that weighed heavily upon their conscience. They were in a perfect environment. Walking around naked. Now, if you're from the South, you say naked. Okay, if you're truly from the South, I said naked. They have a freedom of choice. They chose to do their own thing, and they rebelled against God. They messed up. They, they realized that they were naked, and they were vulnerable after they sinned, and that there was separation in their life between them and God. 
So they tried to cover themselves. That's the first example as we see in there is they, as we see that they, the Bible says they covered themselves with fig leaves, if you remember. So that's the first example of a Speedo and a bikini that we have in the Bible. I mean, what, I mean, what can you do? It's the fig leaves, right? And what they did is what we do many times. We try to cover our tracks for the sins that we committed. We try to cover up the things that we have done. The things that have caused separation in our lives between us and our creator. And many times, man, we think, man, we look good, but, but what looks good to you and me doesn't look good in the brilliant light of God's glory, does it? It didn't work, so God says we have to kill an animal, skin it. He skinned it right in front of him. He shed its blood and he made coverings for them. What do we have at this point? We have a trailer, a preview of an innocent third party trying to cover the sins of man. The red rope of redemption is through the Bible. The Bible is red. If you go and you look at the book of Leviticus, if you see in there as we continue to trace the red rope of redemption, you see that in the book of Leviticus, it's talking about the day of atonement all over the place inside of that book. We, we see that inside of there that they were sacrificing animals. And the reason why they were doing this is they were just trying to cover their guilty conscience. They were trying to cover the labels that have been placed upon them, the labels, labels of guilt and the labels of shame. Their conscience was guilty. And you keep going through, and then you get to this dude that seems so far out there, Isaiah. This guy was radical. He comes upon the scene, and he insinuates that God is about ready to provide a person. And then we see in Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says that he was he. God is about ready to send a person. He? He was pierced. He was pierced for our transgression, right? He was crushed for our iniquity. This seemed radical. This seemed crazy. Isaiah, where are you getting this? And you see it says, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. This messed up people's thinking. You go into the New Testament, you enter Jesus Christ onto the scene. John the Baptist, who has this crazy wardrobe, in John 1, 29, he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. you got to understand the word atonement in the Old Testament just meant to cover it. When they committed sin, all they could do was try to cover up their sin. When you get to the New Testament, the word atonement changes, and it means take away. That, that not only am I just going to try to cover this. No, Jesus said, what I did on the cross for you will take away the sin of the world. And it will free you from the labels that bind and hold your life back. Mark 10, 45, Jesus said, listen, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You know, some say, well, Jesus was a martyr. No, he was not. He voluntarily put himself on the cross. We have to understand Jesus came to die. He planned to die. He lived to die. He was born to die. Sin must have a payment. And the payment for sin is death. We have to understand that Many people in our world look at Jesus and have throughout history just looked at him as a good man. 
No, he was more than a good man. He was 100% righteous, 100% sinless. So as believers, when we receive Christ, we've got the forgiveness of Jesus and then righteousness is wired into our account. I'm so glad that God has thrown us the rope. How about you? That the hope is in the rope, the red rope of redemption. And, and when we grab a hold of the red rope of redemption, when we grab a hold of that, we get the righteousness of Jesus Christ into us. The blood of Jesus, I want to let you know, is precious. It is perfect. It is supernatural. Death could not hold him back in the grave because Jesus lives today. So can you and I. Go back to the hooker who was hungry for God. Go back to the hooker who was, who was interested, who piqued her attention as these two spies came into her house. Go back. What was it that transformed Rahab? It was the blood of Jesus. You say, wait a minute. Jesus Christ hadn't even died yet. He hadn't even risen yet. But the book of Revelation says in the heart, in the mind of God that Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. And Rahab the harlot was saved in her life by looking forward, just like you and I are saved by looking back. That there is the red rope of redemption that was evident in the Old Testament even before Jesus gave his life for us. That there is power in the blood of Jesus. That the providence of God pursued her it was the evidence that persuaded her. Talk about evidence. See, the reason we have the resurrection is because the resurrection is evidence. It's the declaration of the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that he is sinless and he is righteous. You can stack up all of the evidence. The evidence, that's a courtroom term. You can stack up all the evidence and you will see that it demands a verdict and Jesus has answered that. God only has one plan of salvation. One plan, it is the red rope of redemption. The blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, when we look at the cross and we see it, it's more than a symbol, it's more than an icon, more than just something that hangs around our necks, but it is the love that God has for you and for me. It is the death and the burial and the resurrection of who he was. It was not incidental. It was not accidental. It was a fundamental facet of God's plan before the entire world. Colossians 1.20, it says, Jesus, through him, to reconcile all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, that's you and me, by making peace through his blood. I don't know about you, but I see a world that is desperately in need for the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ today. That he shed his blood on the cross so that there would be true peace, not false peace, not false labels I can tell you with complete and absolute confidence today that the devil doesn't want you to hear the message of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he absolutely hates it. He hopes you don't understand the power of the blood because there's power to overcome Satan in your life. And so we either walk out of this place over the blood or we walk out of this place under the blood. But the only way that you and I can be free from the labels of sin and darkness is to walk out under the blood of Jesus Christ. That he's taken away shame and, and guilt and brokenness and feeling unloved and feeling unforgiven. And let me tell you something about these lies. A false label leads to living a lie. 
A destructive label leads to living a destructive life. And how you see yourself determines how you will live. And Jesus said, listen, I've made you courageous. I've made you free. I have adopted you, and I have covered you in my grace because my blood was shed for you. Amen? Don't let your spiritual enemy label you. You are never who he says you are. This story, we know, is just not for Rahab. This story is for every single one of us, you and me, all of humanity. We realize that Jesus has come and he's given us a new label. And we know because John 10.10 says the thief of lies, that is your spiritual enemy, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That is what is he written over you. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life. And I have come to give you life in its fullness and its absolute abundance. That is the label that God wants you to wear today. You say, what, what, what can I do? What can I do with my spiritual sickness of sin today, John? What can I do with the things inside of me that have gone wrong, the labels that have been put on my life? And I will tell you that the only way that you and I can break these labels is that you and I need a blood transfusion. Uh, we need a blood transfusion from God himself. We need the red rope of redemption to be so evident inside of you and me that it breaks the ties of the enemy. It breaks the labels and the spiritual sickness that tries to bind us. That's the only way we're going to get it. There has to be an exchange that takes place inside of our heart. Our only defense is in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot offer our own righteousness. We can try to stand on our own perfect records, but we know that does not last. But the blood of Jesus, I will tell you, is the only thing that can last. Because let me tell you something about this. The Buddhists do not have this message that I'm preaching about today. I hope some of you hear me today. The Buddhists do not have this message. Those in Islam do not have this message. The Hindus do not have this message. We as believers today have the message of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That is how you and I will make it. You can only make it by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can only make it because of what he did for you. You can only make it because of the red rope of redemption. See, the blood of Jesus, you have to know this, fights for you. It fights against the labels. Worry, anxiety, and fear are forms of death. The result is sin in the earth. The only antidote for death is life, and that life is in the blood. No wonder Satan hates this message. No wonder he is afraid of the blood of Jesus. If he had known what he was doing, he never would have done it. But it was done once and for all, and it can never be undone. And we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. I hope you know this, that you and I are not going to be an overcomer when we get to heaven. You and I are called to be overcomers right now. Do you believe that? Because the book of Revelation said, I, Jesus said, I have made you overcomers. Some are waiting to get to heaven to be an overcomer when Jesus said, I've called you to be an overcomer now. Amen? Rahab was an overcomer. Rahab overcame. You'll even read her name when you look at the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11 with the great names. She moved from the Hall of Shame to the Hall of Fame. And she was transformed by tying the red rope from her house. A red rope. The red rope of redemption is all throughout the Bible. And my question for you today is, are you planning on paying for your own sins? Are you planning 
on standing on your own obedience when you see him face to face? Are you planning on going off of your own track record? Or are you going to go on Christ? I mean, I can't stand on my own track record. Because the Bible says one idle word and one bad thought, there is a cosmic chasm between me and God. And neither can you. The red robe of redemption is all throughout the Bible. The red robe of what he has done for us is evident. This white stretch in this robe represents your life and mine. You and I all have a terminal illness, and it is called life. Sometimes we, we only use those terms when we, we see people have a, a disease, a sickness, cancer. We, say, we talk to, about that, that they're terminal. Listen, no, no. Every person in this room, the sound of my voice, every bit of humanity has a terminal illness. It is called this life. What are you doing with your one and only life? What are you doing with your life today? See, see what you do with this stretch and what I do with this stretch of our lives that we have that hangs in the balance today has everything to do with where we will spend eternity there. Everything. Sir, ma'am, young person, child, you're terminal. But there's good news through the redemptive robe of Jesus Christ. The story is told of three mountain climbers that climbed the Matterhorn Mountain in the Swiss Alps. They tied one rope to each of them. They began to make their descent down Matterhorn Mountain. They let the first climber go down, scaled down as they were holding him. The other two were anchoring him at the top. As they let him down, in that moment when he slipped, the rope snapped. They were waiting for the, they were waiting for the tug on the other end. Unbeknownst to them, it had snapped. As they, you know, they're trying to brace themselves. They can't see what's going on as, as he descended. And it is in that moment that the story was told that all three of them plunged to their death below. All three of them were taken below. The rescuers come in. They came in to recover the three climbers' bodies at the base of the mountain. And as they did, they sought answers. What happened? What took place? Why did these three climbers, you know, go over the ledge? Why, you know, why did this rope snap? As they begin to investigate, they begin to look, they, they realize that an inferior rope was used that day. An inferior rope was used, a rope that shouldn't have been used for these climbers. They, they said, surely these, these climbers knew that you can't use an inferior rope when your life is on the line. They said every climber should have known. These rescuers said every climber should have known that there is only one rope that you can use that when you are climbing because you are putting your life at stake, it is called the alpine red. 
And the alpine red rope is identified by the red strand that runs through it. Let me tell you something today. The red rope of Jesus does not break. The red rope of Jesus will not fail you. Some of you are using the cheap imitation in your life and you think you're getting through. Some of you in this room are using an inferior rope system to try to just make it through your life. And God wants you to know today that his red rope of redemption never breaks. And he's saying to you, will you grab a hold of the red rope of redemption? And that you would not miss this window of opportunity. Some of you said, I've walked in and out of church so many times, I can't. But listen, the providence of God has brought you here for this moment now. He is giving you a window of opportunity now. The red rope of redemption has been put in our path. It's the providence of God. By his blood, I want you to know today that you are accepted. By his blood, you have been adopted. And by his blood, you are set free. See, this red rope forces a decision for every person here. It starts with a faith risk. Rahab believed and she put it all on the line. Are you ready to put it all on the line? Have you put your life on the line to say, listen, I am going to trust my life with something greater than an imitation? That through Rahab the harlot, the used up, the sexual sinner, the woman of the night, the hooker, she had a great, 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 great grandson named Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh my, if he can do that through her, what can he do through you? What can he do through you? Will you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for sending Jesus in the red rope of redemption. That you have thrown us a lifeline through the death and the burial and the resurrection of your son Jesus, through his shed blood, through his broken body, we have been redeemed. And that every negative label can be broken in Jesus' name. That you are able to set us free. Father, I thank you for that. As we are praying, every head bowed, every eye closed in this room, if you say today, listen, I have trusted in an inferior rope. I have put my life in the hands of a cheap imitation, but today I'm going to grab a hold of the red rope of redemption, and today is going to be a different day because I'm going to cling, I'm going to grab a hold of God, and I am going to trust him with my one and only life. If you're here today and you believe that, and you're going to put your trust in him, would you say this prayer some way, somehow, just a a prayer to ask God to come in and set you free, that maybe it sounds like this, God, I believe you love me, and you have an incredible plan for my life. God, that I have messed up, and I'm a sinner, and that there is distance between myself and you. That I believe, God, that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my shame, And that you shed your blood from my mistakes. And right now, I turn to you. And I receive you into my life. Wash my soul. Forgive me and cleanse me. Show me what it means to be a follower. And thank you for saving me, God. Thank you for rescuing me. And breaking every negative label. In Jesus' name, I pray. 
Listen, if you have prayed that prayer some way, somehow, and you said, today, I'm trading in my imitation red rope for the real red rope. I'm changing it for the redemption of Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer, and if you have believed it in your heart, and today you have made that change, if you have done that, can I see your hands across this place? Come on, would you put them up? Come on, put them up high. Come on, be proud that Jesus Christ did this. For I see hands from the balcony. I see down to the main floor so many hands that the people are raising. There are people that are in the overflow that you're coming to Christ right now. That there are people in this room that you are trading in your imitation, your fake life for a life that is real, a life that is powerful, a life that has been saved by the King of kings and the Lord. So many people, so many people that have come to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving us and redeeming us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can you put your hands down? And I want us to give the Lord thanks. I want you to give him praise. I want you to give him thanks for what he has done to you. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming us, for calling us by name. Hallelujah.